and welcome back to another edition of the Champs Corner podcast featuring Mark Jennings. I'm your host, Drew Champlin. You can search and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and more. Please go search Champs Corner. Tell your friends. Uh, word of mouth is very key for this podcast as we continue to grow our listener base. And uh, we've got another great podcast in store. Mark Jennings was at the 7A championship game. We'll talk Heisman. We'll talk Alabama-Georgia a little bit. Some key recruits who are going to be making their decisions soon. But let me introduce my co-host, Mark Jennings. Mark, how you doing? Drew, as always, it is a pleasure to be on your podcast. It's been too long since I've been on your podcast. It's been over a week, I think. And let me just tell you, I, I every day that goes by, every morning I wake up, I think, about how much I enjoy being on your podcast and being your guest and sharing my wealth of knowledge and expertise with you and your listeners. And I just love this, Drew. It's a fantastic experience for me. I know your listeners get as much, uh, you know, a thousand times more out of this podcast than I do, so that makes me happy and that brings me joy. But that's enough about me, Drew. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for asking. You know, we're uh, just past the SEC championship. Championship. Alabama beat Georgia 35 to 28. They're going to play Oklahoma in the Orange Bowl, the first round of the playoffs. Uh, but Mark, you shared a very important uh, personal business update last week. So if you're listening to this podcast and you missed last week's episode for whatever reason, can you share again what that is? Well, Drew, you know, I don't like talking about very much how, how much money I have or how rich I am or or how successful I've been with my business ventures, but I'll I'll take a break from all that and talk about it here. Uh, I talked last time we were on about my new business investment. You know, I have the golf course and my my dipping dots my dipping dots empire, uh, for which I I you know I have made hundreds of thousands of dollars and employ you know a whole bunch of people to make me a lot of money. But another my new business venture, Drew, it's in the new Alliance of American Football League team here in here in Birmingham, uh, the Birmingham Iron Drew, and and the it is just the the interest for the team is just off the charts. You know, it it, it makes perfect sense to me as a businessman to put a lot of money, invest a lot of my wealth into uh, this new football league and this new football team, in Birmingham. And Drew, I'm proud to announce to you tonight, Drew. I am proud to announce, Drew, that we have sold over 35,000 season tickets. This morning, we hit 35,000. We've, we've sold even more since then. And I like to think that because of your podcast, Drew, and the hundreds of thousands of listeners that we have to this podcast every week, I believe the last time you checked, there's over 260,000 people listening to this podcast every week. And thank you, Drew. Uh, for giving me the platform to share my knowledge and share my business expertise with the listeners. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited, Drew. It's fantastic. Over 35,000 season ticket holders to the Birmingham Iron, my new favorite football team. I'm excited about the players we brought in. Uh, as, a, as a minority owner in the franchise and as a consultant to the team, I couldn't be more excited about the direction of the franchise. And, and Drew, you have a lot to do with that, so I want to say thank you. But to all the listeners out there who have bought season tickets, thank you so much for me, from the, the 
the bottom of my heart. Thank you for buying those season tickets. Over 35,000, Drew. I would never have expected that that it would be this popular or, or it'd sell, it would be such a huge thing in the city of Birmingham to bring such joy to the people of Birmingham before you've even played a game. But here we are. I, I am so excited about it, Drew. So thank you so much for that. Well, Mark, uh, I'm really happy I could pro- provide a uh, provide an outlet for you to share this news. I know the Birmingham Iron, you guys have uh, four of your first five games are at home beginning on uh, Fe- February 10th against Memphis. The, I believe it's the Memphis Express. Um, maybe, maybe the nickname is wrong. I'm not totally sure. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, it is the Memphis Express. So are you anticipating a sellout for the for those first four games maybe in season tickets as a whole well yeah you said it drew if things keep going the way they're going we're not going to be able to have any individual game sales we're only going to have season ticket holders so if you haven't bought tickets yet uh to the eye or you need to go ahead and go do that because season tickets are selling out fast so if you want to go see a game maybe you're thinking about taking your family to a game on a sunday and maybe just go only once that that might not be a possibility you need to go ahead and go buy tickets now to see the Birmingham Iron because tickets are selling out fast. And you said it, Drew, for the first five games at home, I'm currently in conversations with the coaching staff on the best way to uh, prepare the team for that homestand. And what's really more important is prepare the team for the road trip they're going to have to take and all the road games they're going to have to play at the end of the year. And so I'm getting them ready for that. For you, the listeners, I want to say, if you want to go see the Birmingham Iron, you need to go ahead and buy your season tickets now because there might not be any tickets available uh, coming up in, a, in, in two months when the season starts. You need to go ahead and buy those tickets now. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be quite the uh, quite the sight to see, I believe. But let's shift on to some high school football, some recruits, because I know a lot of people, they listen to this podcast to get your expertise on the top prospects I believe you had a chance to go to the 7-8 state championship game last night in Auburn. Central Phoenix City absolutely destroys Thompson and Talia Tungavaloa and Amari Kite, the other Alabama commit. Central Phoenix City has a few uh, uh, Power 5 commits on their, on their roster as well, going to the SEC and the ACC. So, uh, you know, two of your friends, Jamie Dubose at Central Phoenix City, Mark Freeman at Thompson, but just kind of a rough night for Tolia. Uh, tell us a little bit about his performance. Well, you said it, Drew. It was, it was really like watching, you know, my two good friends, Coach Dubose and Coach uh, Phoenix City and Coach, and uh, excuse me, Coach Freeman over at Thompson going against. It was, it was like watching two, two of my brothers go against each other. It was really, uh, it was really difficult to me for me to watch the game because I knew one of them would lose because they're such good friends. But we were talking about the outcome of the game. I can't really say I'm surprised. You know, if if you if you listened to me on my on the podcast a few weeks ago, Drew, I'll, you might not remember this, but I predicted Central Phoenix City would win the state championship. Drew, do you remember this? Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Uh, what made you think uh, three four weeks ago that, that was going to happen? Well, you know, the reason I thought that is because I break down film and I watch film and I watch all these teams. I've watched every play of every 7A game that's gone on in the state of Alabama this year. And I thought it was pretty obvious to me that Central Phoenix City, Central Phoenix City had the best team. You got a bunch, bunch of people in the liberal media who think that they don't play 7A football outside of Jefferson County. 
You know, and that that's that's disappointing to me. Frankly, if I was a media member and I picked anyone other than Central Phoenix City to win the state championship, I would, I would resign. Uh, if I had the you know high integrity and high character, I'd quit my job apparently uh, immediately because it's it's pretty clear that I would be subpar at my job. Uh, but that's neither here nor there, Drew. Uh, I, I you know it, it's it's I, I can't say I'm shocked at what happened. Thompson beat Hoover. It was their really Super Bowl. It was the biggest game of the year for them. They thought they had won the state championship, and a lot of the reason they thought that again is because liberal media kept telling them they had won the state championship. But they play they play some pretty good football outside of Jefferson County, and maybe one day your friends in the media will realize that. Uh, but but you know even the game. Uh, it happened. It was a big blowout. Uh, you know, Talia struggled. <clears throat> Excuse me. He was just 7 11. You know, he was sacked four times. He had an interception, only 44 yards passing. He was playing injured. Um, and he's probably going to miss the Mississippi Alabama All Star game next week. But even if he was fully healthy, it wouldn't have mattered. And, and Central Phoenix City was clearly the best team in the state this year, Drew. And I'm just disappointed that your friends in the media cannot realize that. And maybe one day, uh, coming up, maybe next year they'll start realizing there's good football played outside of Birmingham, but I doubt that's going to be the case. Yeah, you know, Talia with the shoulder injury against Hoover. Who are some of the central guys who uh, stood out to you? Well, I, I've always liked their quarterback commit, Peter Parrish, going to LSU. Uh, they got a Clemson commit and Ray Thornton. They're like an Arkansas running back and, and Imani Spivey. They have a guy who's coming out in 2020, a really elite wide receiver in E.J. Williams. And they've got a real talented team. And, again, it's really disappointing that people just ignored them in the state until the last night. They thought that they weren't any good and played teams in, in, in the South that weren't very good uh, because apparently the only, time, only place they play football is in places like Hoover and Mountain Brook and Vestavia. Uh, but that's neither here nor there, Drew. They've got a lot of fantastic players, and, and they've got set up pretty good next year for that with the, a bunch of players they have coming back, as mentioned, uh, wide receiver E.J. Williams. So they're going to be just fine next year. I'm not going to predict them to win the state championship game next year, but they're going to have a fantastic squad next year. I'm, I'm looking to see how they progress and how they do uh, under my good friend Coach DuBose. Yeah, last of all, relating to that game, Alabama has uh, Thompson has another Alabama commit, an offensive tackle, Amari Kite. What were your impressions on him? Well, they're the same impressions I've had for the entire year. He's really long. He's really lean. He's six foot seven. He's got the frame to be a fantastic offensive lineman, but he really needs to get that weight room. And I really think he should take a red shirt year to add some weight. Uh, you know, get that bigger rear that we like, get that bigger front, you know, get that bigger base that I like to see in the offensive lineman, have a little more sturdy hips and, and agile hips. Uh, that's what I like to see, hips you can really move around, uh, get some more, to really develop those quads and those biceps to be able to fight off those SEC defenders. So I think he's got a lot of SEC potential uh, as a player. I think that he really needs to take a redshirt year. Absolutely. Hey, uh, you got a lot of uh, attention on your Twitter handle, at MarkJennings55, when you released your Heisman ballot. And uh, yeah, last time we talked on the podcast, uh, you said you didn't have a ballot, but I guess something must have changed since then. Uh, what ha- what changed since then? And do you mind uh, telling us? I-, I feel like I should let you say what the order of your Heisman ballot was. Well, Drew, I lied to you. I apologize for that, but you know how many listeners we have and how much pressure I'm under every week, and 
and I didn't want to have be unduly influenced by any of your listeners telling me how I should vote for the highs when I vote for the highs and based on based on my wealth of knowledge and expertise and 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 really just breaking down all the film and I broke down every play of every player in college football this year and and I thought it was pretty obvious that Mackenzie Milton was the best player in college football. It's unfortunate that he wasn't invited to New York for the Heisman presentation, uh, you know. But as a player at Central Florida University, of Central Florida, and and really as a player of the quarterback of the team that's proven themselves on the field for the past two years and getting uh, quote unquote screwed out of the playoffs, uh, I'm sure that's nothing new to him to getting screwed out of the Heisman. But he was the best player in the country, in my opinion, Drew. Uh, this year, and it's really a shame, and it's a, it's a, it's really a black mark on Heisman voters that he wasn't even considered, and really is, and wasn't even brought to New York. Yeah, the Heisman foul, finalist Alabama's Tua Tungavailoa, Oklahoma's Kyler Murray, and Ohio State's Dwayne Haskins. Now, you had Tua was it second or third on your ballot? I can't remember. Mm-hmm. I had two a third on my bat my, my ballot behind Kyler Murray. I thought Kyler Murray just did a fantastic job this year playing uh, playing for Oklahoma, and he was the best player on that team. He's the best player in the best offense in the country, and it's really hard for me to, to, to vote for someone who's not uh, the best player in the best offense in the country. And I watched him, and I watched every play that he had, and I thought it was pretty obvious that uh, he was the second best player in the country behind McKenzie Milton. I voted for McKenzie Milton number one because McKenzie Milton doesn't have the talent around him. Uh, he doesn't have Hollywood Brown around him like uh, Kyler Murray does. But I, that's that's why I put Kyler, Kyler Murray number two. All right. Do you have any inkling on who may win the Heisman Trophy when it's announced on Saturday night? Any of your connections with the trust have they uh, re- revealed anything to you yet? Well, you know, I've got some early results coming in that I know about. I can't reveal those in the podcast, obviously. There's a uh, very serious and very, uh, you know, as a Heisman voter, uh, I'm not supposed to let you know how I voted, but I did that anyway because I care about the listeners to the podcast. But uh, I can't let you know how those early votes are coming in. I will say it looks pretty good for Kyler Murray. And if I were a betting man, I'd bet on him at this point. All right. So Alabama beats Georgia 35-28 to in the SEC championship game. Jalen Hurts comes on for an injured Tua Tungvaluwa, leads touchdown drives his last two drives. Uh, when they tied it up, though, Georgia drove, drives down the field. They're at about midfield or whatever, and for, facing a fourth and 11 with about three minutes to go. For whatever reason, Coach Kirby Smart calls for the fake punt, and they had snuck Justin Fields, the backup quarterback, in there as the upback, and he had never done that before. They had DeAndre Swift lined out wide, and apparently that was the pass was supposed to go his way. But Alabama was in a punt safe, though, so why didn't Kirby Smart call timeout, Mark? It seems like he, uh, he, he really missed a golden opportunity there to at least pin Alabama deep. Well, I gotta be honest with you, Drew. I really loved the play call. I thought it was a fantastic play call. I the only wish I had that uh, for Georgia is they had Thomas Fletcher in at snap, or Thomas Fletcher, the greatest snapper really the game has ever seen, even though he's only in college. I, I, I when you watch the play call, it looks bad. But Kirby Smart, Coach Smart, my good friend, is exactly right. Uh, they were late on the snap, and they snap it on time. They convert that call. 
and they get the ball, and they got first down at the album in 35, but they didn't convert because they don't have the best snapper in, in college football history, really, snapper for them, and, and, and that's really what the difference was. So it, it's, it's disappointing to me that it didn't work out because I, I love great play calls. I love great coaching. I love great schemes. Uh, but it just didn't work out for them in, in that situation, and, and that's really disappointing. But you know, I wish every college team had a snapper as great as Thomas Fletcher, but Georgia didn't that night, and, and that's why they didn't convert it. Absolutely. So Alabama's going to face Oklahoma in the playoffs December 29th at 7 o'clock in, in Miami in the Orange Bowl. Clemson and Notre Dame is the first national semifinal um, so we had a question that came in that said, do you think Alabama prevails or is the secondary a concern against Kyler Murray? Well, you know, it's all going to come down to how many stops the Alabama defense can get. Uh, Kyler Murray is a great player, but Alabama defense is going to have to get some stops. And you look at the history of Alabama football over the past decade, you know, they struggle with quarterbacks like Kyler Murray. Uh, so it's interesting. See, I think it's going to be a great game. It's going to be a close game. They're really high scoring. I really expect both teams to score into the 50s, to be honest with you. And it might come down to whoever has the ball last wins. And so I, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a fantastic game. And, and I'm really looking forward to the second best player in the country, Kyler Murray, going against that Alabama defense. Yeah, we also had a question that asked, uh, who did you compare Kyler Murray to coming out of high school, the football player? Because obviously, you know, he was drafted really high in the Major League Baseball draft and signed, a, I think it was about a $4 million contract, a signing bonus with the Oakland A's and is going to be supposedly heading to Major League Baseball or to uh, professional baseball, excuse me, after this football season. But as a quarterback, you know, he was a high-profile high, high recruit who signed with Texas A&M transferred after a year, but this was really his first year to showcase his talents. Who did you compare him to? Well, uh, Kyler Murray can do everything. He can throw the ball. He can run. He's got fantastic speed. Yeah, it's really it's really a, a loss to the sport of football that he's not going to continue his career uh, playing football and go to the NFL because I think he'd be one of the great quarterbacks the NFL had ever seen. But he's going to go play baseball, and trust me, it's the guy who breaks down baseball players. He's going to be a future major leaguer one day. When I look at him play and I look at yeah, the, the way he moves and the way he throws the ball, the way he's a leader on offense and really controls the offense, he reminds me a lot of the guy in the state of Florida. Went and, and really spurned those schools out of, the, out of Florida and went and went and played in the Big Eight. Uh, maybe the greatest quarterback college football has ever seen. And, of course, I'm talking about Tommy Frazier. Do you remember Tommy Frazier, Drew? I do. Is this the same Tommy Frazier who won the Johnny Unitas Award in 1995? That's the same Tommy Frazier, Drew. And frankly, I, you know, the Johnny Unitas Award only goes to, to players in their senior year. But uh, if really, he should have won the Johnny Unitas Award for every year that he played. He was that great of a quarterback. And, and Kyler Murray is that great of a quarterback. Really just a fantastic player. And when I watch Kyler Murray out there playing for Oklahoma and running around and making plays out of the pocket and the way he moves with his legs and makes plays with his legs, he reminds me a lot of Tommy Frazier, Drew. And, and that's really the greatest compliment I can give is, is to compare Kyler Murray to the, arguably the greatest quarterback college football has ever seen. Yeah, that's a great comparison. I was thinking the same myself. Big news for Alabama, the offensive coordinator Mike Loxley 
is going to Maryland. And I wonder, so obviously, you know, he takes the Maryland job. He's recruited very well out of there. He's going to get a second chance to be a head coach. He was a disaster at New Mexico a few years back. But uh, it's a tough place to win over there, but he's got great connections up in Maryland should be able to get some big-time recruits. Helped Alabama get a lot of really good players out of the uh, D.C. area. Um, <clears throat> so he's going to coach the team throughout the bowl game and the play- or the, the playoffs. But uh, who should Alabama be looking at next for their offensive coordinator position? Well, I think the answer is pretty obvious. It's staring everybody right in the face, and they don't want to talk about it or think about it because – it's not a name that, that the plebes or the people who don't know much to call about college football would think about these days. But the number one option for Alabama has to be my good friend Rick Neuheisel, a guy who's been the head coach three times at Colorado, Washington, UCLA, a guy who won the Rose Bowl at Washington, uh, won three bowl games at Colorado. Uh, he's a guy who's he's in the booth right now doing television, but that hasn't really taken away his love for the game. He still loves the game. He still has a great love for the game. He loves breaking down film. And I think Rick Neuheisel is the obvious number one choice, Drew, to be real honest with you. Yeah, it seems like he was a very innovative offensive mind. Um, uh, Do you know what he's doing now? He's on TV, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's set to be the coach of the – of the Arizona Hotshots, who is obviously one of our big rivals with the Birmingham Iron. Um, so that's going to be that's going maybe maybe some I don't know what kind of influence you have there, but I'm sure he'd rather be coaching in the college game than in uh, the the uh, Alliance of American Football, right? Drew, first of all, our big rival is not in Arizona. We're the Birmingham Iron. We play at Legion Field in Birmingham, Alabama. All right. When, when has ever has Alabama been a big rival with Arizona? Has that ever happened in your lifetime? No. That's what I thought, Drew. Our big rivals are Memphis and Atlanta. Every day our players wake up, they want to beat the Memphis Express. That's what they think about, Drew. They don't think about Arizona. And I'm happy for my good friend Coach New Highsley's coaching in Arizona. His main job's on TV, but that's neither here nor there. I'm happy for him that he's back in coaching, but he needs to be coaching in college football. That's where his love is. He loves coaching college football. Uh, that's where he's the happiest. And I think that that for the Alabama football team, if they really want to become a, a team that's known for centuries, you know, not just a dynasty, not just a team that's known the 2020s or 30s, a team that's known for centuries, they need to hire Rick Neuheisel as their offensive coordinator. Yeah, I think you would jump at the chance, and then the Arizona Hotshots would just promote somebody else. Um, uh, but what I'm wonder, what I also wonder, Josh Gaddis was a great hire as an assistant coach, coaching receivers for Alabama this year. He came, uh, he had spent the last few years at Penn State. You, you remember he played at Wake Forest. Is he going to follow Mike Loxley to Maryland, or do you feel like he's going to stay at Alabama for at least another season? He's going to stay at Alabama, Drew. This is one of those situations where websites just out there looking for clicks, looking for their subscriptions, looking for their advertising revenue. Uh, Coach Gaddis isn't going to Maryland. That, that's ridiculous. You know, you got websites out there like footballscoop.com, which bat about 15% in their predictions, and they pretend to have insider knowledge, but they don't know anything. Uh, Josh Gaddis is going to stay at Alabama. 
and and that's just the way it is, Drew. I, this is something I feel completely free sharing on your podcast. Uh, I don't I don't have a problem taking you know sharing that insider information, but Josh Gaddis is not going to Maryland. All right. Well, let's talk about some recruits. Alabama, and they actually got this commitment while we were recording our last podcast, so we couldn't quite get to it. Christian Harris, a four-star recruit out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, has committed to Alabama. He has flipped his commitment from Texas A&M to Alabama, one of the top middle linebackers in the country. Mark, tell us about Christian Harris. Personally, Drew, I think this is a great get for Alabama. He's six foot one. He's two hundred and forty pounds. Uh, the description sites have him rated as a four-star player, as a top one hundred and fifty player. Personally, I have him in the top sixty. Uh, I think he's a lot better than subscription sites make him out to be. I think this is a great get for Alabama, to be honest with you. Middle linebackers, a positional need. Uh, I do feel like Mac Wilson is going to come back next year, uh, but they need a lot more depth. doesn't look like Markel Benton or Josh McMillan are going to be anything more than rotational players. I expect Ali Cahill would be able to fill a need there once he puts on some weight, but uh, I'm not, you know. It, that's it's always a, a big guess if he can put on weight and really be a an impact player at that position. But I like Christian Harris a lot. He reminds me a lot, a lot of another guy out of the state of Alabama. Uh, really, you know, went to Auburn High School, a former Auburn commit, went on to be one of the great college linebackers that college has ever seen. And, of course, I'm talking about Reuben Foster, Drew. Do you remember Reuben Foster? Yeah, is he the one who won the the Butkus Award in 2016, that Reuben Foster? That Reuben Foster, Drew, who won the Butkus Award, uh, is the best linebacker in college football. He's going to go on. I don't know what he's doing in the NFL these days, but he's going to go on and have a fantastic NFL career. And there's nothing but but you know bright lights ahead for him. He's going to be one of the great linebackers. I don't know where he is or where he's progressing in his career. But he's going to be a fantastic player. Drew's going to make multiple Pro Bowls. And I wouldn't be shocked at all if he's, he's a guy who, who Reuben Foster is a guy who's a middle linebacker of multiple Super Bowl winning teams. So uh, I look forward to seeing how Reuben Foster progresses. And I'm, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if Christian Harris follows the same path. Absolutely. Some other recruits are set to announce their decisions soon as we get close to the December signing period. One of them is Kayvon Thibodeau, a five-star defensive end out of Thousand Oaks, California, generally regarded by some as the top recruit in the country. He's a top, you know, I'm not sure where you have him, but uh, uh, he, he just, according to Bama Online, just hosted Nick Saban and some coaches for an in-home visit. He has made an official visit to Alabama, and we've talked about him before. But uh, what are you hearing out of the Thibodeau camp? Well, it's a coin flip between Alabama and Oregon at this point. I know Florida State thinks they're in the mix. They're really not. It's Alabama or Oregon, and, and frankly, nobody knows at this point. I don't think he even knows where it's going to go. But he's a fantastic player. You know, we talked about him previously on a podcast. I compared him to J.J. Watt. He's that good. Uh, he, he's a guy who really is a game changer on the defensive side of the ball, on that defensive line, and he can do everything that you ask of him. And, and I look forward to seeing where he goes on December 15th. Yep. Uh, Clay Webb out of Oxford High School, he has kept a lot of the recruiting stuff to himself, and a lot of people say they don't really know what he's going to do. But uh, the interior lineman, a five-star recruit, probably a center at the next level, he is supposed to announce his decision on December 10th, probably Alabama or Georgia. What's the word out of here, Mark? 
Well, I mean, the word here is the same as it's always been. I've been saying on this podcast for a year and a half that we're talking about Clay Webb. Uh, when was the last time a Georgia got a player out of Alabama that Alabama really wanted? I'm not sure it's ever happened. I can't remember the last time it happened. You know, maybe Ben Jones from 10 years ago, uh, even though his father played at, at Georgia. Uh, so her grandfather played at Georgia, excuse me. So I can't remember the last time that Georgia got a guy Alabama, out of Alabama that Alabama really wanted. So I think he's going to go to Alabama. Uh, frankly, I think that Alabama should have signed Monty Rice, currently a mid, middle linebacker at Georgia. He's a fantastic player. I think Alabama missed out on that. But that's neither here nor there. I think Clay Webb is going to pick Alabama, Drew. All right. A couple of more guys who plan to announce December 19th and be signed in the mid-year period. IMG Academy offensive lineman Evan Neal, IMG Academy running back Trey Sanders, Horn Lake line, Mississippi linebacker Nakobe Dean, and these are five-star recruits, really elite players. Mark, Alabama's heavily in the mix. What are you hearing? Well, Alabama's going to get at least two of those players, Drew. That's all I can uh, tell you at this point. It's going to be two of those players. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not at liberty at this point. Uh, to tell you which ones, you know, I take my sources very seriously and I can't burn them and I certainly can't share their information on the podcast. But Alabama's getting at least two of those players. All right. Let's take some listener questions, Mark. Uh, tell everybody real quick how they can find you and submit questions. Well, you know, we get the best questions out of any podcast in the world every week on this podcast. So thank you guys so much for asking questions. And I really appreciate it personally because I feel – I get a lot of personal self-gratification out of sharing my expertise and knowledge with all of you. But if you want to find me on Twitter, you can find me at at MarkJennings55. That's at MarkJennings55. Find me on Twitter. I love Twitter. It's a fantastic medium for which I can share my information. Or you can find me at email. If you want to email me at MarkBreaksDownFilm at AOL.com. That's one word, MarkBreaksDownFilm at AOL.com. Personally, I prefer Twitter. It's a lot easier for me. You can find me there. But those are the two ways you can contact me and ask me questions. All right. Uh, We hear from Bama Willie at at Will Hall 7-9. And I guess he's referring to your weekly talks with athletic director, Mr. Byrne. He said he's not real happy about the start to the basketball season, is he? You talking about Mr. Byrne? Yeah. No, Mr. Burns not real thrilled about the defensive effort, to be honest with you. It's been kind of disgusting, been kind of gross. Uh, frankly, uh, if Avery Johnson leaves or goes somewhere else, I, I look for Alabama to go after a guy like Kelvin Sampson or, El- or Eric Musselman over at Nevada. Uh, those are two fantastic coaches. Personally, I prefer Kelvin Sampson a little bit more. Uh, but, you know, I'll see what Mr. Burns thinking and let you all know how that goes. All right. We hear from Paul T. Graham, and he asks, Mark, are you disappointed that other Heisman voters have not been as willing to stand up to the Heisman Trust bureaucrats and share their votes? And are you disappointed that more of your fellow voters did not join you in voting for Mackenzie Milton? I can't say I'm surprised, to be honest with you. We're talking about the liberal media here, and they're cowards mostly. Uh, They're mostly scared to share their opinion. They're going to toe the company line and and do what their liberal bosses tell them to do. So, frankly, me, I'm a person of courage. I was raised to be, uh, you know, full of integrity and character, and 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 I'm going to be able to. I'm going to share my my expertise and knowledge and Heisman vote with all of you. So, I, I'm not afraid to do that. Frankly, 
I, 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 you know, I wish, I wish I was disappointed in the liberal media up to this point that they're not willing to take that stand. But frankly, it's so unsurprising to me uh, as a as a human and as a sports fan that they're not willing to do it. It's, it, it's, it's. I wish I was disappointed, but I can't say it. I'm so unsurprised by the entire event. Uh, so. It's really Drew. I'm sorry, my emotions are getting to me. Do you understand what I'm saying, Drew? Yeah, yeah, I do. Should we move on? You know, I mean, it's just uh, there's so much of an impact, a positive impact the liberal media can have on today's society, including something like the Heisman, the Heisman Trophy, and they could go out and, and really make a stand and make the world a better place by voting for who really deserves the Heisman. It's incredibly obvious that's Mackenzie Milton. He deserves the Heisman. And and I, I'm really at a loss for words as to my feelings about the entire situation because they are such cowards that they don't they were not willing to vote for him. And and again, you know, I I, I yeah, I want to be angry about it. I really do. Uh, but it's really it's it, it's a feeling of disappointment. It's like when your son Drew does something that you know my son Marcus does something that he's not supposed to do. You're you're it's really more of a feeling of disappointment more than anger, and that's the way I feel about the liberal media right now, Drew. And I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get off topic, and I apologize, but that's really how I feel about the entire process. Yeah, it's really a shame how the liberal media works these days. Uh, Drew Smalley asks Mark Jennings, 55, Mark, as an expert turf manager, is the real reason behind the Tide playing in the Orange Bowl rather than the Cotton Bowl due to your recommendation to Mr. Byrne that Alabama should choose the stadium with the natural surface due to all the slipping and injuries they endured last Saturday on the AstroTurf and the Georgia Dome? and not to take away the home field advantage Oklahoma would have in Dallas that most people think. Thanks for all you do, and Merry Christmas. Drew, I don't even know what that means. Can, can you summarize that for me? I don't know what that means. That's like word salad to me, Drew. Can you, can you, can, can you put that in the question of, of like 10 words or less for me? Because that's too much. Yeah, basically, as the number one seed in the playoffs, the number one seed gets to choose where it plays the semifinal. Why did Alabama choose Miami instead of Dallas? Is is the question why Alabama chose to play the game not in Oklahoma's home territory instead of playing in the game, playing the game in Oklahoma's home territory? Is that the question? Uh, Yeah, that's what it seemed. Paraphrased, yes, that's what it is. So this list is uh, first off, Drew. Thank you for your question. You seem like a fine fellow, but the question is, why would Alabama want to play the game in Florida instead of playing the game in Oklahoma's home territory of Texas, their recruiting base in Dallas? I want to make sure that's the question. That sounds right. I got to be honest with you, Drew. You know, Caden's a great friend, a great business manager, and every every time I get one of these questions, I I, I ask myself and you know, I tell myself that we should get Caden to do this. And this is one of those questions. And Drew, you seem like a fine person, and I'm sure you've got a great family, and you've got a bunch of sons and daughters running around out there. So thank you for your question. But 
But I think that, I think I've already answered the question, Drew. All right. Uh, we hear from Wayne Ingram at All I Do Is Wayne. He asks Mark Jennings, 55. Mark, are you consulting Hugh Freeze on his next career move? God bless you. Well, yeah. You know, Coach Freeze and I, we're prayer warriors together. We pray with each other every day. And I talk to him on the phone, and, and we have a really spiritual conversation of how we've become better men, uh, better warriors, warriors for God, really. And, and I talk to him all the time, and, and he's got a lot of stuff on his plate. He's got a lot of offers right now to get back into coaching, and I, I, I wish that I could uh, share those information, that information with you right now. But that's between me, Coach Freeze, and God. And I, and I apologize to you, Wayne, and thank you for your question. But I wish I could answer that better. Uh, but but that's you know what Coach Freeze and I talk about during our daily prayer sessions is is really not something I should share on the podcast. Understood. We hear from TD, and he asks you, where are you doing your Christmas shopping these days? Well, you know, I got a lot of gifts to buy. I got my, my son, Marcus, who's getting older, really getting into, into the analytical side of the world and trying to figure that out. You know, I got my daughters that I love very dearly, and they're, they're, they're husbands, and I got to buy stuff for them. But I, I, I make a shopping trip. Uh, every Saturday, uh, to, uh, two Saturdays before Christmas is coming up soon. And I always go to Montgomery. Uh, I think Montgomery is a wonderful place. Uh, I go to Eastdale Mall, get all my stuff done there. Uh, and it's really just a fantastic area. I love going to Montgomery, probably the best city in Alabama to be realized with you, Drew. Uh, I love going there. It's a fantastic place. I always feel real safe when I'm in Montgomery. Uh, I love uh, fantastic cuisine. Frankly, I wish I could go to Montgomery more if I wasn't so busy, go catch a biscuits game or something. But, uh, yeah, I get all my shopping done at East Dell Mall in Montgomery. That's a great question, TD. Thank you. All right. And last of all, Cameron Luke Ratliff at Fluffopotamus88. Mark, I know I tweeted this to you yesterday, but do you have a favorite Uber driver? Also, considering your business acumen and how frequently you use Uber, have you had any interest in possibly investing in the company? Well, I've thought about investing in Uber, but but and I, you know, I have lots of investment opportunities for me personally, and and I don't feel comfortable sharing all all of them. But I have uh, had many opportunities to invest in Uber. Uh, I've declined those. I'm waiting for the best opportunity, and obviously, the best opportunity for me is investing in the Birmingham Iron. So. Again, thank you, Cameron, uh, for your question. Thank you for all those who have bought season tickets. But the question, I believe, was who is my best Uber driver? And, and, and frankly, it, originally it was Patton uh, in Tuscaloosa. Uh, but uh, the more and more that I rode with him, the more and more I felt that there's going to be something about a lawsuit involved. And, because he kept asking more and more about my wealth and how much money I have. And, and I felt that, the, that he is the type of guy where a lawsuit was coming. So... Uh, Patton in Tuscaloosa was my favorite, uh, but he's not anymore. Frankly, I, at this point in my life, I try not to uh, have a favorite Uber driver. I am indifferent, and I try to uh, have an open mind as to whoever is taking me wherever it is, wherever it's in San Antonio or Los Angeles or or, or, or down to, to Birmingham, to Legion Field. So uh, I uh, at this point in my life, I try to have not a favorite who Uber driver. I'm pretty open to whoever takes me to the place and, and, and 
gives me a positive experience and, and gives good conversation on the Uber trip. All right. Well, that will wrap up this edition of the Champs Corner podcast featuring Mark Jennings. Please find our podcast. Subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, more. Please tell a friend. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Drew Champlin, C-H-A-M-P-L-I-N. Follow Mark at Mark Jennings 55 uh, Mark, once again, thanks so much for taking some time out of your busy schedule to have a podcast with me. Drew, as always, I got I love being on your podcast, and I got some state championship game film I got to go break down. So thank you again, but I got to get going. All right, we will talk to you guys next week. 